0: Hello and welcome. My guest today is perhaps one of the most mindful creators on the internet, and that is Sean Ulashin. Sean makes videos that instead of trying to grab your attention, he instead reminds you to take a breath or to take a pause or to do something that is going to help you look inward in some way. And he does this on a platform Instagram reels and TikToks and YouTube shorts that prioritize a lot of the other stuff a lot of the other attention grabbing in your face trying and praying to keep your attention as fast as possible or as much as possible Sean instead opts for the route of let's be mindful on this feed you can scroll but you can be mindful about it as well and I really enjoy that. And so in this conversation, we spoke about how to use your phone without letting it use you, Sean's tricky relationship with the algorithm, how to be more yourself through your content, why it's important to take time to yourself, and how to be more charismatic. I really enjoyed this, I would call it almost therapy coaching session, and look Into Sean's mind and heart, and I hope you enjoy it as well. If you enjoy this episode, share it with a mindful friend of yours or friends, whether that's through Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, text message, group chat. It all goes a long way in helping the show grow. So thank you so much for listening. And now here is Sean.
1: I think a journal is at its best when it it can be a a companion that is the best listener you know allowing yourself to sit down and without your phone and with no distractions just unload every single thought you have I think there's such a uh, you know such a reluctance of of people to, to get into journaling because they, they want to keep up you know consistency or they want to make it look nice or they feel like you know the, the bullet journal t- system is too hard to learn. But like really what a journal should be is just a place for thoughts.
0: Sean, welcome to the podcast. Honored and humbled for you to be here. And particularly because when I looked at you and I looked at your story, You embodied two things to me, which is discipline and love. And whenever I find somebody who embodies those traits or seemingly appears to embody those traits, I want to bring them on the show and talk to them. So when I say discipline and love, what does that mean to you exactly as it relates to your own life?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I I appreciate you reaching out and and being persistent with me in the DMs. I'm very busy. So uh, I'm glad we found time to sit down. Uh, discipline and love. Yeah, I think, I think I definitely align with those two. Uh, I would I would call them core tenets of, of kind of a lot of what I do. I would say discipline really, really resonates with me. Um, I've, I've been doing martial arts since I was three. Um, my mom is, is my instructor and I've been fortunate enough to train under her for my, literally my entire life. Uh, I help her run her studio um, up here in the Pacific Northwest. We're in Portland, Oregon. She the, the studio is in Camas, Washington, which is just across the river from Portland. So yeah, it's discipline is, you know, that's at the center of of pretty much any martial art, but um, for sure at the at the center of what we do. Uh, the art's called Subakdo. It's a Korean art, uh, very similar to Taekwondo. Uh, we just kind of differ in the in the philosophies that we emphasize. So yeah, discipline is is such a, you know, it's I would say. And I don't want to give myself too much credit, but I would say I'm in a fairly unique position to, to have done martial arts from the age of three, uh, and then to have my mom, you know, be my instructor. And I think discipline has, has played a huge role in my life. Um, you know, it's obviously the backbone of the martial art that we do, but it's also the backbone of, of everything else I do. I grew up an only child. Uh, still am an only child. And, uh, you know, I just, I, you know, filled my time with, uh, being creative as a kid and learning new skills and, you know, figuring out how I can, how I can just be as creative as possible. And, and with the, the backbone of discipline, I was able to, I would think become highly proficient in, in the things that I do and the things that I love to do. So, um, you know, my mom's voice always echoes around in my head. Uh, she's always saying things like finish what you start or, um, you know how how you practice becomes your habit. So she's still I I don't want to. She's still alive. Like she didn't I feel like I said that. Like she, like she's uh, like she's passed on. But she's still a huge part of my life. Um. Yeah. I've I've just always uh been very committed to things. You know. I I never half-ass something. I I full full-ass it both cheeks uh every time. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. I you know, discipline is just it's it's opened up so many doors and I've reaped the benefits of 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 discipline and it gets very difficult sometimes, but I think it's through discipline that I can I can persist and and endure. Uh the love aspect is interesting. I haven't I haven't heard someone describe me or my content like that, so I appreciate the unique angle. Uh and I and I do uh identify with that. I f- I feel like there's it's so easy to to point out all of the negatives in the world, and especially now, more than ever. Um, but if you know if my videos and if my presence online or if my um, my words and my stories can add some some point of positivity and and shed some love onto someone who needs it, and maybe they don't even know that they need it, then my mission is accomplished. And no amount of views or followers or likes or shares can can you know, beat that feeling of, of making, making someone feel better through love. And I th- I think love is, is one of those, like one of the purest answers, I guess, to, to all the problems in the world. And that's obviously oversimplifying everything. But if we all loved more, I think, I think we'd all, we'd all be in a, a different, uh, a more
0: positive place. What's at the heart of what you're trying to do mm-hmm. with your videos?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I, and I think I'm still figuring that out myself. Um, my videos, if, if you haven't seen them, my videos are, are very focused on digital mindfulness and, and helping you get off your phone and helping you build better habits to lead a more self-aware life. Uh, I place a lot of value and a lot of emphasis on self-awareness and self-growth. And you can, you can rope my videos into a self-development kind of niche. Um, but really my, my videos are an expression of, of me and albeit a performative version of me, there the goal of my videos is to help you become more comfortable with who you are. You know, I think we get such a limited amount of time here on Earth and uh the the number one thing everyone wants to know is about themselves. And it's it's how to wrestle with your own feelings and your own thoughts and how you can balance things within your own head and how you can have relationships, not only with other people that are platonic and romantic and also a relationship with yourself and how to set goals and how you can, it's just really, I'm, I'm really just on a journey of understanding myself. And I think through that I'm, I'm hopefully translating that into videos and it starts, you know, I suppose with digital mindfulness, but it also extends to uh, just ways that you can, you can get more in touch with who you are at your core. Hmm.
0: I feel that. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. it's incredible the amount of work that goes into the videos that you put out. And what I mean by that is I could tell that you've been video editing for a long, long time. (laughs) Like (laughs) it, because it looks so simple because it looks like so seamless Mm -hmm. and it looks like, wow, this is, there's a lot of thought that goes into each part of this. I remember when I was doing research for this, I Mm -hmm. found out that you had an iPad And one specific part of it is you drawing and the handwriting comes from your handwriting itself. And it's just Mm -hmm. like those little touches make the video so special because who else is going to that level of thought in putting their work out there? So I appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah, it's,
1: thank you. Yeah, you know, content creation is, it's something that's been like omnipresent for my whole life. Like I've, I've been making videos since I could like pick up a camera and mm. I, I remember the internet pre-YouTube um, and I'm 25, you know, like I'm not, I'm not like that old, I guess, in the, in the scheme of how long content has been like a, a career and like a thing that people consume and make. Um, and I've, I've just always been obsessed with, with making things to share on the internet. I, uh, I've lived a lot of different lives when it comes to internet personas and, and, and um, you know, this, this one that I'm on right now is, is fairly, uh, in depth and it's by far the most fulfilling and, and one that feels like the most me, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: It a hundred percent does. And cool. to give you some context on my own journey, when I was 13 years old, I wrote a time management blog. When mm-hmm. I was 15 years old, I wrote a Knicks blog. Wow. And then I got away from the, the world of content creation, but then I, I had marketing and then I came to the podcast. And it was only in the podcast where I feel the most me. But mm-hmm. I've been creating online for probably a sum of, I don't know, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like you, you've you been on that journey as well. And it is interesting how more time passes, you become more yourself. Mm-hmm. And you find the things that you are putting out mm-hmm. are also more yourself as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a really good point. Um I, I think the on the topic of like being yourself, like that's Hmm. such a, it feels like something I'm constantly in, in flux with, you know, Uh, especially when you start content creation with the goal of, of, ah, like making content around things that you like. Like for for context, I I started making videos um, with close up magic when I was eight years old. My dad, my dad showed me like a dad card trick. Every dad has to show you one card trick to get into the inner circle of dad, you know. And he showed me this card trick, and I was immediately hooked. I was obsessed. You know, it wasn't anything crazy. My dad's not a professional magician by any means. It was just a simple card trick, and. Um, it was it was kind of that that catalyzed my my career really uh, because after he showed me that trick he got me a magic book for my birthday I read it cover to cover and then it was my dad who helped me set up the home video camera and we turned lamps on their sides to point at me for like fake studio lighting and he helped me film these little tutorials of of how to do card tricks when I was eight or nine years old and he helped me set up my first YouTube
0: channel at at nine, and um, did you know, you I did, feel any I, pressure on that point? Did you feel any pressure to perform because your dad set all those lights up?
1: You you know, I think there, yeah, probably there was probably an element of of wanting to be performative and professional because just at you know at the time when I I mean this was, it was like, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, like the word content creation wasn't even like a thing. It was just like people making videos on this site called YouTube. Um, But at the time, you know, I'd been I had been consuming content from the golden age of YouTube, Smosh, Niga Higa, uh, Ray William Johnson, like all of these dinosaurs by now. But I was, I I was aware of like, okay, like you can be a persona on the internet. You can, you can just have your own TV show basically. So I think, uh, yeah, I was uh, of course aware of that. Um, and you know, being a magician is the nerdiest thing ever, but you're, you're literally performing. You're, you're like a clown, not in the sense that people laugh at you. That is a big part of it, especially when you're me. Um, but you're, you're, Performing entertainment, you're tricking people, you know, like the, it, it is, it is very much a performance. So, um, you know, I think that was a big part of it, but I also, I also was just so excited to, I, I mean, what it, it was the feeling of having my own t- television show. And it, you know, I knew that I was being filmed and I knew that I was going to edit it. I, you know, editing was this concept that I wasn't really, obviously familiar with at the age of nine, but like cutting video and adding titles and graphics and transitions and and fades and music and stuff. That was all that was all this new thing. And I I realized quickly like this is exactly what movies are, essentially. Right. This is, I mean, editing and, you know, whatever else in my simple nine-year-old brain. That's that's how I process it. So yeah, I think I think there was quite a bit of pressure to to perform. Um I wasn't thinking a whole lot about authenticity because I didn't really have much of an identity at nine years old. You know, I don't I don't really know Psychologically, when the human being de- develops a you know an identity, but at this point, I was just so excited to to share magic tricks, which is the thing that I love the most and i still I still love it to this day, but I was just so excited to share that kind of thing um on the internet
0: yeah and then how do you remove the layers of yourself mm-hmm. as you continue to grow as a human being
1: yeah that, I mean it's a again like it's a constant struggle for me, especially because. You know, I'm I'm making content now that's like in the self development niche, and there's still an element of like performative. It's a performative thing for me, and it's such a you know I think self development specifically is like such a weird niche to perform in because you're supposed to be authentic and you're supposed to like help people find their true selves. So so how do you do that if you're not being your true self? And I I don't you know I think I think my videos work the way they do because they're performative, and
0: hmm.
1: I think in a weird way the performative me is an authentic representation and expression of the things that i want to do i think ultimately i want to entertain and i want to i want to help people and if i can do that through performing in a certain way i can perform true things that i care about and true concepts that i resonate with and true things that i i want to align with and i i want to help others align with or at least realize the the value of so you know, there's a line that kind of has to be towed. At least I feel that I, that I tow between, you know, how do I, how do I make a video that's entertaining, but also like packed with value and and it hits you in the chest. You know what I mean? So it's, it's this way I feel like I've, again, I don't want to give myself so much credit, but I feel like I, I exist in kind of a, a, a unique part of, um, you know, content creation, but then the self-development niche in general.
0: You do. And, <laughs> and it, <laughs> You you don't need to be humble about it because you've you've carved your own way from doing it for so long, and I'm curious, you know how have, so, the video started because of a January first challenge, mm-hmm. but how how did those develop, and yeah. how did those how how have you become better at creating those videos?
1: Mm-hmm. Great question. Um, yeah, so this whole self development thing was birthed out of. Uh, a challenge i gave myself you know i grew i grew up doing the magic thing on youtube and i transitioned in high school to instagram and as part of all these i still am a part of like the cardistry community magic community uh, making myself sound like sound like such a nerd i guess that's that's authentic and true to me um <laughs> but you know all through high school and college i was i was doing um cardistry and magic on on instagram and i got fairly good at it i grew a big audience i i was sponsored by people. I did brand deals and stuff on a micro, you know, micro, micro level, flew around the world, spoke at events, yada, yada, did the whole thing. And then I, I figured, you know, at the end of 2020, I think this was, it it was, I was, I was like, okay, how can I challenge myself? You know, I've been doing cards my entire life, been making videos my entire life, putting them on the internet. How can I, how can I do something new? And it's not like I don't like car. Like there's the deck of cards right here that I'm looking at. Like I'm always, I'm always touching cards, but I wanted to challenge myself to, to see if I could really understand an algorithm. And at this time, you know, TikTok was like booming. Like everyone was on TikTok. And I, I had even had friends that, you know, went from Instagram to TikTok, and I watched them blow up. And I was like, well, I'm a better filmmaker than these guys. Like, let me, how come I can't do this? You know? So I was just like, let me, let me just do this. So, um, at the time, you know Gary V was also like peaking. Uh, I mean, he's always peaking. But I was consuming <laughs> a lot of Gary V content, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I can probably like spit yeah. out some like motivational esque words you know every day i can do that so at the end of 2020 is december of 2020 i said okay i'm going to start a new tiktok account it's going to be called resolution reminder and the goal of this account is to remind people of their res their new year's resolutions because how you know how quickly do you forget a new year's resolution if i can make a video every day that's like hey you know get back to the gym or remember that diet or remember your get off your phone the first video i think the first ever video i said i made i was like i know you should be doing something you Uh, more productive, get off your phone, blah, blah, blah. And it's just funny how that's like still my content today. Anyway, the whole thing was birthed out of an experiment. Resolution reminder was purely for me to, to see if I can like attack TikTok with like good looking video, good looking audio, good looking editing. And just to see if I could go viral and if I could, if I can get a million followers and if I could make money. And that was purely, it was like fully an experiment. You know, I didn't, I didn't tie any sort of identity or ego to it. Actually, I tied a lot of ego to it, <laughs> but I, I wasn't like I wasn't concerned with authenticity, right? I was just purely like, how can I how can I game the system? So, end of 2020, uh, I make 14 videos that are just simple one shot videos, just lit with you know good lighting and good sound. I turn to the camera, it's just me going, "Hey, get off your phone," or "Hey, remember your news resolution." I just did 14 versions of that. Uh, come January 1st, I upload a video. And I did it every single day, every day. And I was, I was actually just looking this morning, um, just scrolling back and, uh, within five days of posting, I had a viral video. And I remember that feeling of, of when that video went viral. It was a, it was a video of, it was me just being like, here's how to be more confident. And it was just like, I literally, I remember like Googling confidence hacks, like before I hit record. And I was like, oh, that one looks okay. And then I, you know, I hit record and I was like, I can, you know, I can perform my way through this. So. Um, yeah, the, the video within five days of, of doing this TikTok thing, it was viral. And I remember reloading the notifications and it was just like new follows in, in you know, thousands of likes per second. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is absolutely insane. So I, I suppose I, I got, I would be lying if I say, if I were to say that I didn't get addicted to the feeling of like, okay, how can I go viral again? Again, th- I, like fully not thinking about being authentic or being true. It was, it was fully just like, okay, how can I, like, let me just, game the system over and over so i kept doing this and i, I found formats that would work And obviously the answer to being viral on tiktok and any platform pa- platform really is retention so i was just figuring out like okay how can i how can i get someone to stay to the end so i came up with this format testing your attention to show that test and improves your attention span for the better and it was literally just me talking for minutes about like how bad your attention span is or sometimes i would just like not talk i would just stare at the camera for three minutes and that it would go viral it was insane no um, way so, yeah, you know, it all came from a place of like, yeah, I want to figure this out. But like uh, it was being trumped by by how many views I was getting. And I, I was like so concerned, with like, how do I how do I maximize the performance of my videos? It wasn't until about April or June of posting every single day that I realized that like, man, this like I'm not having a lot of fun with this. Like, it's, it's cool. Like, I feel like I know I can, how, how to do it. Like, I feel like I I accomplished my goal of like figuring out the algorithm, but I also reflected on how many people I was affecting. And, you know, I was going Mm -hmm. through the comments of these videos that were like, Hey, take a breath break or like, Hey, stop scrolling. Like I was going through the comments and these people were who I, who I'm never going to ever meet. They were like pouring their heart out being like, Hey man, these videos really helped me. Um, you know, this, this, I was having a tough day. This video made me feel way better. This made me really wake up to how much I use my phone. And I kind of pivoted in that moment. I was like, man, I'm, I'm like not thinking at all about these videos and they're changing people's uh, Again, I don't want to give myself too much credit. Do it, but man. They're, they're give effect, yourself
0: credit. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> like effect, you can, I give you full permission all to right, give yourself right. credit. I'm,
1: I was changing people's lives with these videos that I wasn't thinking half a second about. And I was like, man, I really, I feel like I have somewhat of a responsibility now. Like, I can't just like, I can't just put out a piece of crap video and have it go viral for all the wrong reasons. Like, how can I, you know, how can I use the internet as like a tool for good, you know? So it was about, I would say three or four months into this everyday posting thing when I started to realize this, but also realize how much, you know, not free time. I had, like, I was always making videos and I have, I have my job and I was like, okay, how can I streamline this? So I, I started making iPhone vlogs and it was literally just me throughout my day, like filming, whatever it was me going to work, me making food or whatever, me getting ready for bed. And I would just do a voiceover and be like, okay, so this is what I did today. I, you know, I woke up and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then at the end I would tie in like a, something that I, I could, you know, teach like, um, Here's how to have more resilience at work. Or if you're frustrated, try this. And it would just be me storytelling about my day. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you could probably wrap it into like a fake deep kind of thing, but it was real lessons that you could derive from the things that I was saying. So that was kind of the moment where I I stopped treating TikTok and content create and like massive content creation as like an experiment and more of like, okay, how can I really how can I really do this in a way that is meaningful for not only other people to watch, but me to make, you know, if I'm going to put myself, if I'm going to subject myself through this every single day, how can I get value from it just as a person outside of likes and shares and comments and follows and stuff? How can I, how can I really use content creation to enrich my life? And that, that came in the form of telling stories throughout my day and then um, examining where I can, reflect uh on myself but then also teach uh, a lesson so it was about i would probably say april is when that started happening so i did that all through the summer and all through um you know the rest of 2021 and i didn't miss a day and it was really hard and um you know the videos were helping me process how i interact with anxiety and depression and my experience with that kind of thing and hopefully um helping other people uh find their own path through those same kinds of struggles and you know, my, my account turned into a very, a very, um, I would say authentic mental health kind of account. And, uh, you know, ironically 2021 was like a tough year for the mental health of me, you know, making these videos every day, holding down a full-time job and a full-time girlfriend, like that's, (laughs) and making videos like there's just so much. So, um, yeah, it, it it went from experiment to something that I needed to something that was very hard to do, but something I still love to do uh the end of 2021 happened and i completed the goal and i ended the year with 800,000 followers on tiktok um all the time you know all the whole the whole year i had started a, an instagram that was associated with resolution reminder like it was just resolution reminder on instagram didn't think anything of it thought thought instagram was like the place where creators go to to die like it wasn't anything like it was before like instagram was like hey we got to do reels you know um so that, you know, that Instagram account just kind of sat dormant for the better part of a year and a half. And I, I maybe posted one out of 10 videos that I would make on it just because I would literally forget. Um, but then, you know, 2022 happens and I kind of scale back the posting just to kind of reclaim a little bit more of my time. Um, I focus on making better videos uh, less frequently. You know, I think every creator probably goes through a, a, a phase like that. Um, and then, yeah, in in 20. Uh, November of 2022, I uploaded just absentmindedly. It was, it was one of those moments where I, I remember again, oh yeah, I got to you know, I have an Instagram. I upload, uh, just an older video and I, I had gone on, I was flying back from somewhere and I uploaded it right before I flew. And then by the time I, I landed, the video had like a hundred thousand views on Instagram. And I was like, whoa, what the heck? Um, you know, all, all my other, vi- my reels on, on Instagram would average a thousand, two thousand views, if that. Um, but when I landed, I was like, oh my gosh, I guess this is, this is the thing now. And then every video after that, like just went crazy and like was being pushed. And I was like, well, shoot, I got to go all in on Instagram now. So it was like TikTok 2021 all over again. I was like, Hey, we gotta, you know, we gotta, we gotta do this every single day thing. And, you know, six months is over six months has passed by since that moment. And here I am 800,000 followers later on Instagram now, which is uh, a crazy trajectory. And yeah. And, you know, now I'm still struggling with like the authenticity part and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm facing a a whole new slew of, of challenges and struggles. And I I think that's just the, that's just the creator's journey. It can't, it can't be all, you know, sunshine and rainbows the whole time.
0: What are, where are you at on the highs and lows Mm -hmm. of the whole thing right now? In a previous podcast I listened to, you said, it's like, I'm losing 500 followers a day, but previously I was gaining 5,000 followers (laughs) a day. And, you know, you're, and you were speaking authentically about how it made you feel, even though you didn't even want to feel the way you felt yeah. about the whole thing. So, where are you at today with that whole thing? Yeah. And how's the algorithm treating you, I guess is the question. How is your mind treating the algorithm?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the algorithm's still treating me like shit, <laughs> which is great. Uh, but my mind is treating the algorithm way better than it was uh, a month and a half ago. Um, so, yeah, the long and short of it is. Uh, the videos were, were just cracking, you know, on Instagram. Like every video was being pushed to, to new people. And, um, you know, it was easy for me to average 250,000 views. And I think on the high end, I, I was averaging like 15,000 followers a day for like a month straight at one point in this six, th- six month, you know, stretch. Um, but then on March 7th, I feel like a conspiracy theorist <laughs> on March 7th. <laughs> the day um, highlighted i know we, we stole the capital no on march seventh. Uh, <laughs> on march 7th um i mean everything i'm about to say sounds like i'm wearing a tinfoil hat i'm gonna say it anyway march 7th meta goes down twice in the, in a day right like i can't get on instagram i, I google search is instagram down and down detector is like has got that like red spike because like everyone's having problems with instagram go to twitter and everyone's like oh my you know i can't get into my instagram whatever And, uh, you know, that it explained why my, my video for that day wasn't performing. Like, it was just like, it was just biting the the dust. And I was like, all right, well, it can't be me. Like this video is good. Like I didn't change anything about my process, Uploaded at the same time, whatever. Um, so I, you know, it, it was meta meta went down twice. And then also on that same day, they made a statement or they did something with their creator incentive program. So, um, they, they redacted their creator. Some of, I think some of their creator incentive, um, Programs. Um, Adam Mosseri is on record as saying it's not an ROI positive thing, so they're they're kind of reconstructing it. It was this day, March seventh, that they they like like Meta crashed, and then they also said we're not paying creators. So the whole the whole ship was sinking essentially, uh, and it was the first day that I, I noticed I didn't gain. 5,000 follow, like literally on the low end, it was like 5,000 a day. And I did, I hardly scratched a thousand. I was like, that's fine. Whatever. I've had off days, you know, the next day, I hardly scratch a hundred and I go, okay, now something's up. And my video wasn't performing. I go to my social blade and it was like the first time in, you know, six months that I was in the red and it said negative 1500. And I was like, great. My career's over. Awesome. (laughs) Like I gotta sell this business right now. Um, It was horrible. It was the, it was the worst feeling ever. And it really only got worse because I was, I was desperately trying to figure out the, you know, the reason behind this, like, why is this happening? But I kept coming up dry and I was crying. It's like, I felt like that meme of, of, uh, that guy with the, the, like the string on the board and he's like this, and he's like, he's like trying to like connect the dots of like all the, all the stuff happening. Um, I was like talking to other creator friends and other people that I met and they were like, yeah, my, you know, my content's not performing well either. And I was like, okay, you know, it's not me. Um, and yeah, you know, since then it really hasn't corrected. I, when this started happening, I had 816,000 followers. And right now I have, I just went down today to 797,000. So it's been a pretty consistent bloodletting of, of followers. And it's not that Mm -hmm. it's not that people are unfollowing me. It's that I don't have the upside of being pushed. Every day, I can look back at my analytics and, and see that on an, on average, every day, you know, whether or not the algorithm is pushing me or not, I lose about 1,200 to 15, maybe 1,600 followers. That's just natural. It's natural for big accounts because there's spam accounts and Instagram's constantly rotating through, like getting rid of those bot accounts. Um, but I don't have the upside of being pushed to new audiences. So I don't see, in fact, I, I really feel the effects of that because I'm just, I'm only seeing the natural fall off. Um, and that really got to me. I mean, in the weeks following, um, the insurrection of Instagram in the (laughs) weeks following, I was like, I was like really down on myself and I, I like serious, I don't want to say it out loud, but I like, I broke down a couple of times and I was like, Mm -hmm. what's wrong. You know, I've, I spent six months, which is like not that long of an amount of time, but I guess retroactively it's been my whole life you know coming up to these moments you know i've I've spent my whole life learning how to how to edit and upload these like high quality pieces of content and then in the last six months came up with like this i call it my bulletproof process for creating 25 pieces of content at a time like that's that that was what i was doing you know in these six months was i was batch creating content once a month and i was i was just cooking and it was crazy and it just felt like all of that was just being flushed down the toilet it was really frustrating um I, f- I felt entitled to views and, and followers, and it felt frustrating that the, the algorithm wasn't. I mean, it's such a trite thing to get upset about, but it, it felt frustrating that it wasn't being, you know, pushed um, to new audiences. So, you know, it's still happening, and uh, I think I've kind of come full circle on those feelings. I'm no longer frustrated. I realize it's completely out of my control. Uh, I've taken a little bit of my own medicine, and, and just. I'm focusing on the things that I can control and and what I can control is great content and uh good storytelling. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm, I'm not uploading new videos every single day. I'm still uploading every day. Um, I'm kind of doing a, a new video and then like a reupload of like a video a really favorite video of mine in the last six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm also expanding and I'll be, uh, I'll be posting, um, carousel content. And then I also just want to like post like me, photos you know like i just want to start using like instagram as like a person rather than like a creator um but it's hard to do that when you're trying to build a business and when you have a year goal and five year goals and 10 year goals for this whole thing um but yeah i mean my mindset is completely flipped on like how i view it and uh you know i'm still impacting a lot of people and i i I would rather impact a hundred people in a way that makes them so dedicated to me and Followers of me, I would rather do that with a hundred people with fifty people even than a hundred thousand people who watch my videos and kind of forget about me you know like it's mm-hmm. it's just I would much rather have um you know a smaller group of very dedicated uh fans, I guess if you will,
0: speaking of authenticity, have mm-hmm. you done a video about the infamous March seventh date and how that impacted you
1: <laughs> um I'm actually doing, I'm, um, that's funny you say that. I have a YouTube video. I'm, t- that's another thing I'm trying to put my energy into rather than short form is, is long form. Um, so I, I am in the cutting processes of uh, a YouTube video that goes over how I got 800,000 followers and why I regret it. That's like the clicky thumbnail, you know, title mm. or whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't regret it, obviously, but. It's also a work in progress. That title, but yeah, the whole the whole thing goes over basically everything I just told you. My whole story with Instagram. I'm sorry, with with TikTok and then Instagram and then the March seventh date and then how I'm coming out of that on the other end um, with a new, refreshed mindset and kind of the steps I'm taking to interact with with Instagram uh, in a better way. Not just Instagram, but social media content creation in general.
0: Yeah. What is the advice you wish you received on March (laughs) eighth?
1: (laughs) that's so funny uh yeah what i i sort of gave it to myself not not on march 8th but maybe the following week um yeah i i saw i watched the video um start with why the ted talk by simon sinek um and i did not realize how absolutely legendary that guy is but also that video is like there's a reason it's the most viewed ted talk and um I think it was it was as soon as I watched that video, maybe two weeks after March seventh, um, that I, I started to to kind of come around and come you know, come back to the surface and, and realize that everything's gonna be fine. And if I can if I can fully embody Simon Sinek's words and his advice, then I'm gonna be ahead of ninety nine percent of people because it's so easy to it's so easy to get into content, but if you don't start with why, then you're doing it for all the wrong reasons, in my opinion. Um that's how I, you know, interacted with it. Um, yeah, that, that video is the advice that I would give myself. And I, I bought the book and I'm halfway through it. Um, and I'm highlighting and annotating, but it's just, it's, it feels like reading the Bible, you know, <laughs> like wow. it, it makes it feel, it makes every like negative and frustrated emotion that I've had in the last six months. And really in my whole time of making content, it makes it feel like it's okay. Um, the reason I get frustrated is because I, I think deep down, I have a strong understanding of why I'm doing it. And the reason I get frustrated is because the way things are going is not aligning with my why. And I want, I want things to align with my why. Um, you know, it's, it's again, like it's a, it's an ever growing process, but it's so smart the way he puts things. It just, it's so digestible and it gives so much clarity and reason to why I'm doing this and why I want to keep doing it you know, despite all the hardships that I'm, I'm, hardships, like, like it's a, you know, life or death. This is like the most first world problem, losing followers on a social media platform when I have a beautiful home and food, you know, like, <laughs> um, but you know, it just, it just makes it, it makes it, uh, it makes me feel a little bit better. In fact, a lot of bit better about, you know, why I was frustrated and why, why it's okay to feel frustrated. And, and then like, most importantly, the steps that I can take to, to get back to a more level headed headspace and, uh, you know, create content that's, that's authentic and, and, and true to me.
0: Yeah, man, it's okay to feel frustrated. And just because the problem is something that is a first world problem, doesn't make it any less of a problem. Mm. And it is okay to acknowledge that. I'm curious, Mm -hmm. based on what you talked about with Simon Sinek, which Mm -hmm. his Ted talk is linked below. Mm -hmm. And I got to actually read the book as well, because Mm -hmm. I've never read it. But what is your why? And why are you doing everything you're doing?
1: Yeah, my why, I think I, I maybe touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but my why is mm-hmm. to is to help people at its core. I, I want to live a life of service and I want to I, I feel the most fulfilled when I when I can help someone through a struggle or teach someone something um when they're when they're looking for that information. And you know, I've done a lot of exploration as to as to what my why is. And I think I think it is a pretty fluid thing. But I think at its core, you know, whatever, however many why's I have, I think it's all linked back to helping people. And I think, I think it really all comes back to the the martial art and how much that is my backbone. You know, I, I I instruct martial arts now. I help my mom teach. I'm a I'm at a master rank, um, and I everything I do is like a service to the studio that I teach at, or the art, or the federation of of subakdo that I that I'm a part of, and that I have been a part of, and that I have a lifetime membership of. It's all it's all very much. It's it's all teaching and it's all service and I, I've the feeling I don't think I realize this in the moment, but the the feeling that I get watching a student, you know, go from a white belt to their black belt and like knowing that I I have had a say a, a huge part of that and I I've instructed them how to do movements, you know, correctly, but also how to just how to integrate the teachings of of the martial art in their daily life, like seeing them accomplish those things. And knowing that I, I had a big part in that is like way better than any, any amount of vanity metrics that can be pumped into my dopamine processors in my head. You know what I mean? Like that. So yeah, I think my why is, is to help and it is to teach people and help them get more in tune with who they are because that, that is the, leading cause of the most frustration and anxiety and depression is because you don't understand how to interact with certain emotions in in a way that's healthy and conducive and it's it's also something that i'm I'm just very passionate about you know it's it's so funny to to realize that that is my why because i I started this whole self-development thing as an experiment i was like i can i can make you know i can spin off motivational quotes you know off the top of my head but now that i've been doing it for two and a half years it is very much a big part of my life because I realized during that time of like trying to figure out how to do the, the whole TikTok thing and, uh, how to make videos that convert or whatever, I figured out like that is something that's so important to me communicating and, and making videos and, and helping people. Like that's all those videos were doing despite, you know, whether, whether or not they were authentic or performative or not, you know, like they're at, at its core, they're helping. So, you know, it's evidenced by. Looking back. Simon Sinek in his book says to, to understand or to help find your why, just look back into your, into your past and find patterns. I've been making content my entire life. Literally the magic videos that I was making as a kid, those are helping people learn. Ma- I mean, it's magic, you know, but like it's still helping. It's literally teaching, you know? So I think, I think it's fair to say that my why has a lot to do, if not everything to do with teaching.
0: Well, I think what's so fascinating is to think about your life today and what mm. you're doing today as a building block for something tomorrow that we can't possibly imagine mm-hmm. or know. Yeah. And, and when you realize that the things you've done in the past are helping you become the person you are today, you could also say the person I am today is helping me become the person I wanna be in the future. And I don't even know what that person is going to be doing. Yeah. Hopefully it is something that fits that through line mm-hmm. in, some, in some beautiful way. But yeah, man, it, it's really cool to, to hear your journey and hear how it all has aligned And it makes sense looking backwards. Mm. What, what would you say to somebody who's in that phase of not knowing or not understanding where they are or where they're going? They don't have Mm -hmm. a definite aim and they are feeling kind of upset about that. What would you tell that person?
1: Yeah, it's, that's a, that's a feeling I feel like once a week, to be honest. (laughs) So, um, You know, it's, it's so easy to give advice when you're standing on the top of, of, you know, what you would consider successful or or a place where like you've wanted to be. For example, I've, I've wanted to have an audience that I can help for the longest time. And now that I'm here, I feel like I can, I can help others that are trying to, to do that kind of thing. But when you're in the moment of, of being upset or frustrated, it's so hard, at least for me, it's so hard to receive that kind of thing because it's, it's hard for, You know, when I'm, when I'm in those moments of of frustration or sadness or whatever, it's so hard for me to accept and to understand that others can understand what I'm going through. But if I were to give advice on that kind of thing or, or, you know, if someone is asking, Hey, how do I, how do I find direction or how do I find out more about myself? The easy answer and the simple answer is just, is to just try stuff. You know, I, I'm a huge proponent of that. And I've, I've always given that advice. Um, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So just allow yourself to, to try something new and to, to get out of your own way and to, to allow yourself to try something with no expectations. Uh, again, that's such an easy thing to say. And I, I sometimes am hypocritical and I don't let myself do those kinds of things when I'm feeling like that. But if you're, if you're truly looking for a way to understand more about yourself, then just, Try new things, but also spend time with yourself. I, you know, I grew up an only child and I don't think I was like aware of it at the time. Uh, but last year I made it a point to spend time by myself. I spent a whole, I think a whole weekend. My girlfriend Lexi was out of town. Um, and I was just like, okay, I'm going to take this weekend to like hang out with me. Like I was literally trying to like hang out with myself and it was really uncomfortable because I was, I was so tempted to like hit up a friend or go out to a bar and like be around people. But I really wanted to challenge myself to just like get, get to know myself because I, I feel like I do, but do I actually, like how often do I actually spend time with myself? And I think that's true for most people is like, how, how often do you spend time with only you and only your thoughts? So I spent a lot of time journaling. I took myself on a hike, took myself out to, to, dinner or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just, it was very enlightening. Cause I, f- I found out things that I like and that I don't like in ways that I even interact and talk to myself, like in my head, mm. you know, like it was a very, um, enlightening thing. So I, I suppose the answer to your question would be, if you're looking for direction, surrender to a process and allow yourself to try and fail at something new and succeed at something new, but also get comfortable with spending time with yourself because that that's all you have at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. I love that advice. And mm-hmm. I would add to it that the question becomes, how can you make that a daily practice? Mm-hmm. Because you felt great because you ran for two days. Mm-hmm. And it, that might have been the a similarity to that might be like you running a marathon mm-hmm. or a half marathon for two days straight. Right. And you're like, wow, I feel really good for running. Mm-hmm. But three weeks from now, you're going to have different thoughts and different ideas. And it's like, if you spent 20 minutes with yourself every day mm-hmm. that could be more impactful than just two days alone. And mm-hmm. that's not to discount the two days alone. That's incredible. And a lot of people don't take that step. But the next step to me is like putting it in every day in mm-hmm. some sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I well, agree what
0: that. do you think that would look like for you?
1: Um, Yeah, it would be spending more time alone. You know, I, I, my, my plate is so full. With, uh, you know, content creation, and then I got a, a real job, uh, again, full-time girlfriend. I say that in jest. We're very, like, we're partners, you know, like, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really don't get a whole lot of time to myself. And, you know, growing up as an only child, that was all I had. I had friends and stuff, but I, I remember vividly, um, just spending time in my room experimenting with music making or, or you know, a lot of it, it was video or like learning things from YouTube. Like I, I feel like I spent a lot of, my I w I don't want to say mindless because it sounds bad, but like it, it wasn't it wasn't reflective. Like it was all it was all with stimulation. It was all learning. It was all things that I wanted to be doing. So it's fine. But you know I, I would I would want to put into practice more like s- some like phone free, stimulation free time with myself. Like I th- I think that's uh so key. I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp on who I am now just because I, I spend so much time filming and editing and like literally staring at myself in the eyes as I'm editing, you know, but um, that is that is the performative version of me. And it's nice to see that I can perform and I can flip that switch and, and teach something in a, in a really engaging way. But, you know, who is Sean? and who is he when the cameras turn off and who is he when the the mic is put away like what is what does that look like and i i feel like i get glimpses glimpses of that every so often every time i do a like a journaling session and sit down and just do a brain dump but like it's it's those glimpses that are are the most revealing of like why i am the way i am and and how potentially how i'm going to be when i get older
0: what what do those glimpses say
1: yeah they say that I'm constantly looking for this. This is like a crazy thing to think about, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm a person that always looks for a solution. I think most people are. Um, but I'm also a person that is like very stuck in my ways, you know, like I'm, I'm once I find something that works, I, I'm hard pressed to, to deviate from that path. And I think a lot, I mean, honestly, that's just how I think most people are. Um, you know, in a sense, but I, I just feel like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't allow myself to, to surrender to things, to processes, to to being wrong and to failing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like everyone likes being right and being correct, but I don't place enough value on, you know, what I can learn from being wrong about something. I, c- I can when I need to make a video about it, but like in practice and in practicality, it's, uh, it's something that's very hard for me to do, uh, and that it's evidenced by uh, the March 7th date, you know, like that's, that's something that I failed at technically like by metrics, but that's also something that I had no control over. And I, it was hard for me to accept that kind of thing. So, um, you know, whenever I have one of those moments, that's like revealing, it's like really peeling back the layers of, of Sean. And it, you know, once I like take a peek at the very core of me, it's this, uh, it's this really strange and uncomfortable kind of, but also really, really calm you know, peek into my childhood as, as to like who I was and who I developed into through making content and through making videos on a daily basis and being creative all the time as an eight-year-old. Like it's, there's still, there's still very much that, that version of me that's present in everything I do. And sometimes it's just masked by, by adulthood and by, by growing up and by the things that I think that I know. But once all those things, once the smoke clears, like it's still just eight-year-old me, which is insane to say. And I think that's, very important.
0: Why do you think that being wrong is so hurtful to you?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with my, my upbringing. Uh, you know, no one likes to be wrong, necessarily. Wrong is, is culturally like not good, but there's obviously an unlimited amount of knowledge in being wrong you know, it's, it's all about what you can learn from a situation. But I think the reason why it affects me so much is because of the martial art and because of the disciplined approach I take to everything. You know, you, you don't get necessarily reprimanded for doing something wrong, but you know, in a, in a martial system, if you deviate from any sort of path then that there, there is consequences. And, uh, I'm not, not that my, my, mom is like the best instructor ever, but when she steps on the mat and she's my instructor, then she's no longer my mom. Right. So, I think there was another, that's another unique kind of thing that I, I had to deal with growing up was, was like, how do I, how do I like have a mom, but also a martial arts instructor? Cause sometimes the line would get blurred. Um, just in my own head, or maybe she would say something at home that I'm like, well, that's like, you just be my mom here, not my, don't be an instructor, you know, and whether that's on her or it's on me, it's, it doesn't matter. Um, but I, I really do think the martial art, had a profound effect, you know, in terms of like giving me this amazing backbone of discipline, but also like receiving, receiving advice and instruction and, uh, interacting with failure or, um, non-comprehension in a way that like, I don't know, sometimes isn't as healthy or it just makes me more uncomfortable than it should. I think, I think I'm more apt to, when I, when I fail at something or when I realize that I'm wrong, I'm more apt to look at the the negative side of it rather than what can I learn from it? I think I always come around to this, the, what can I learn from it phase, but immediately I'm, I'm, you know, beating myself is, is beating myself up is a, is extreme, but like in some sense of the word, that's, that's what I'm doing. And that's why, that's why, you know, being wrong and failing at things is, is so um, hurtful, I guess, to me.
0: What purpose does that serve you beating yourself up? In that moment, that initial moment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's, a, it's a knee jerk reaction because, um, you know, when I realize that I, I'm not good at something or that I failed at something or that I'm wrong, I want to figure out how I can be better immediately. And just that recognition of not being better is that, is that, um, I guess reflex, I suppose, of like, oh man, you know, um, you know, how can I, how can I use this moment to, to build habits? And I guess the way that I respond to, to being wrong is to, is to sit in that wrongness and to and to feel bad about it to re- so that I can realize that I don't ever want to feel like this again in this situation with this particular topic, um, and I think yeah, it just all relates back to the, the martial arts system and not not that like I feel like I'm painting it in like a, a wrong picture, but it's just you know in that in any disciplined system in any martial system, whether it's the army or subakto martial arts, there there's a huge emphasis on standardization and being correct. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, standardization is, is especially in the martial art that I do, it's very fluid and it changes all the time just because it's a living art. And that's one of the best parts about it, but it is frustrating and it is, it is, um, annoying almost to like get something wrong. And, you know, that translates into things that I do outside of the martial art and, uh, yeah, it just bleeds into my personal life, I guess.
0: But there is a way to supersede that. And, it is interesting because I watched a a video today from Jocko Willink mm. that you might be familiar with. It's just good. It's called, and I'll link it down below. Mm. And he, the point of the video is basically like someone brings him something that is wrong or that's a major crisis or problem. And Jocko responds to it by saying good. Mm. And that means that, you know, he's went through a martial system himself and has superseded that to the point where something goes wrong or he does something wrong and he gets excited about it Mm -hmm. because it's an opportunity to improve. And the question becomes, how do you bridge that gap between the time that you feel like you did something wrong and when you actually resolve it? You said it took you a week for this Instagram account Mm -hmm. when, when it started going downhill. The question becomes, how do you get that to a day or an hour or a minute? Or a second, or where you do something wrong, and you're better for it in that moment, and you're mm. excited to tackle the problem. That's the question for you, mm. and I'd be curious to hear what thoughts you have on on how exactly to do that.
1: Yeah, that's that's actually I would love to see that video. Um, sounds really cool. Yeah, I don't, I you know, I feel like, I feel like it's sort of. A little bit of my secret sauce to like be be like kind of down in the dumps for at least a day about something you know it just it it like it's a it's like a it's a non-physical reminder to go back to the drawing board constantly and it's it's cool to like allow myself to i mean not cool but like it, it allows myself to like you know analyze where i need to analyze and i do end up being better because of it and you know for example this instagram situation like you know, maybe I was down for a little bit too long, but it allowed me to discover Simon Sinek and to, 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 sorry, to digest, you know, all of his thoughts and his, his, uh, his ideas and really apply it in a applicable and, um, in a way that like really resonates with me. So it, you know, it took that two, I mean, it's realistically like three weeks of like being really sad all the time, (laughs) every time I hit upload to like now come out, with like a completely refreshed state of mind of of like how how I interact with content, and it, it's just been so inspiring the last few weeks now, a couple weeks of you know reading his book, watching his video again, writing about it, journaling about it, and then applying those concepts to content, and to realize that like I don't have to be all in on Instagram, and in fact I shouldn't be, and I I'm now focused on building I've, the thing that's been bouncing around in my head is like build something real like instagram Instagram could shit the bed tomorrow. It's probably not going to, but it could. you know I don't want to have all my beans in instagram's basket because that that's the last thing I want to do. so i want to build I want to build something tangible and real and something that actually affects people's lives rather than videos that you scroll past on an app that's that should be top of funnel. I think it's very important, of course, social outreach and brand awareness is like that all exists on the phone. but if i can if I can integrate someone into a, a world that I've built. That is the realest thing. And that's now what I'm focused on. Like I've, now I'm just, now the question is like, how do I make time for that with a job and all of this stuff? Or like, I'm, I'm so, that's like, that's literally the, the fire under my ass right now. It's like, how do I build something real?
0: I love that, man. That, mm-hmm. that sounds like the right approach and the right idea. I, I'm curious, you've spent so much time as a performer mm-hmm. and so much time giving a presentation and being charismatic on camera. Mm-hmm. What comes to mind if you have somebody who's listening to this and is in their first year of creating online or being in front of a camera, what tips can you give them to be more charismatic?
1: To be more charismatic? Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know. I think the the reason my videos have have done well, and I, I think the reason I, I have the bulletproof process that I do is that I approach it. In a very, very planned out manner. Like I, I can't, I can at this point, you know, because I've had so much practice, I can turn on the camera and spin out something. Like I can just tell a story in an engaging way because I've been doing it for years and years now. But if you're in your first year of making content and it's something that you really want to do and something you're excited about, then allow yourself to be excited on camera. Um, get, get comfortable with speaking first, like not being on camera. I'm just saying speaking. Um, I used to do a thing in high school where I would just say, lines that I wanted to say in a YouTube video or in a magic video or even in a magic performance, I would just stare at myself in a mirror and just say it. And I would watch myself and how my hands move and how my face moves. Like that's, it's all very important to know. I, I think I do it without thinking now, but, um, you know, if I were to give advice to someone who is starting out, then it's to approach every video with as much planning as, not a, not as you can, but as you're comfortable with. Like videos now, I can I can outline a video in five bullet points and have something to talk about. But for someone starting, maybe you need to type out full paragraphs. Whatever it is, if you can approach something with a lot of planning and confidence, then you can allow yourself to be you on camera because you don't have to worry about what you're going to say. All you have to worry about is saying it correctly. I it take hey, the YouTube video I recorded um, that we were talking about earlier. I thought it was going to take 10 minutes to record. It took me one full hour because I was trying to get these lines right. But I had, I had a script and I was saying it line for line, you know, give or take. And I feel like it would have taken double that amount of time if I didn't approach it with the right amount of preparation. So, um, you know, everyone says practice makes perfect, but preparation is what makes perfect. Uh, mm. and I think, I think the more you can be prepared to film a video or the more you can be prepared for really anything, but in this case, you know, video creation, the more you can allow yourself to focus on the performance nature, if that's what you're going for on, on video, you know, if you're thinking about the next line or that, how you are going to tie this line into the conclusion or how you're going to, what's the hook? You know, if you don't have that all planned out beforehand, your, your mind's going to be too foggy and it's not going to allow yourself to perform at your highest caliber, I would say.
0: And then forget a uh, somebody who's posting their content online. How should someone think about being more charismatic in general, like taking mm-hmm. that online persona to the real world, which I'm sure you have to do when you're doing yeah. magic.
1: Yeah, that's a huge part. And in fact, I think I attribute a lot of my charisma to, to magic performance because you have to, you have to be a guy that is fun to be around and makes people laugh and stuff. And you have to be on your, literally on your toes about like how you, like what's the joke you can make or how you, you know, how you can make people smile. That's what magic is. Um, so yeah, I mean, without being a video creator, you're like, how do you be more charismatic? I, I've always, I've always paid attention to people's body language, especially with magic. You know, you don't want to approach someone who's standing like this, right? This obviously means don't, don't even look at me. But if you can, if you can learn to read body language and then also implement body language that gives off, if you can literally start communicating with your body, like that's, that's an immediate way to not only be more charismatic, but to cue other people in who you're talking to that you are a charismatic person. Um, I've been doing it this whole time, but talking with my hands. And allowing yourself to I've just have I feel like I have this like open, you know, nature to to just what I do. And this is how I just talk naturally uh with people that I'm comfortable with. But um you know, even when I'm uncomfortable and I'm in a situation I I find myself standing like this or with my hands in my pocket, I'll be actually mindful about like taking my hands out of my pocket and just sitting in that uncomfortability of being open and vulnerable like this. And I think it just comes naturally now that I've you know been doing it my whole life. But if you're if you're trying to be more charismatic. Um talk with your body. I'm just not saying like start breakdancing in a conversation, but like just allow yourself to to use your hands and be open a little bit more. Um, smiling is a huge thing. If you just smile like by yourself in a room, you're going to trick your own brain into being like, oh, I guess he's happy. So just like, just smile as you're talking. And, it, you know, a lot of it is like, just kind of psychological tricks that you can use to, to trick your own body. But smiling and, and just allowing yourself to to be open. I'm physically open, you know, is is probably the biggest tip I can give to someone.
0: I love that. That, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. A, a lot of your your work is, is focused on making sure that we use our phones mm-hmm. to create the best reality on the internet for ourselves, but not let it be used as a tool where we're being used by it. What have you found to be the best ways to make sure we're using the internet and the powers of it, but not getting used by it?
1: Yeah. uh, That's, that's an ever, ever changing struggle for me. You know, it's, I feel like I'm a walking paradox because I, or I guess contradiction just because, you know, I make, those are the kinds of videos I make, but my screen time is like through the, through the roof, which is something I'm, you know, Little disappointed in myself for, but it is the, the name of the game as a content creator. And for me, you know, Mm. um, yeah, in order to use your phone more as a tool, then you, you have to realize the power that it holds, right? It gives you've got this little metal box that gives you access to unlimited information, constant companionship. It's all in your pocket. It's all right there. Um, and honestly, the biggest thing for me is, is, becoming a content creator and i'm not saying everyone has to become a content creator but i think the the simple act of of recognition of of the power that this thing has like i i think it's so hard for younger people as if i'm you know as if i'm old but like you know younger people to to realize how how crazy this thing is like this is this is literally something from the future you know like the like back up 15 years maybe not even that and like having a computer in your pocket was unheard of. So I don't know. I just, I try to remind myself of that. Um, you know, I feel imbued with the responsibility of (laughs) I've described as like evangelizing, getting off your phone, you know, but, um, the more awareness you can bring to it, the better. And, uh, that's just kind of what I try to do with my videos. And, and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's again, interesting. It's an interesting question for me just because like I'm on my phone all the time and I'm constantly looking at, what other people are posting and like how I can make my videos better. But at the same time I'm, I'm preaching like, get off your phone. It's not good for you. Um, yeah, I think, I think the answer to that question is just like this thing we hold so dearly that we just scroll through absentmindedly before we go to sleep is, is such a powerful tool and will continue to be the most powerful tool we've ever come up with.
0: Yeah. Until the next thing. Yeah, you know, right. it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy what what they got cooking up in the labs over here. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, but I like to end these podcasts with challenges for the audience. Cool. So I'm curious if you have a challenge for someone listening based on everything we talked about, mm-hmm. so that they can take the information and and hopefully do something with it in the next part of their day. Yeah. Does a challenge come to mind?
1: Yeah, couple. Um, something I need to do more, but I, I encourage everyone to buy a journal or pick up that journal that you bought so long ago, thinking you were going to journal and then forgot about. Like I, I need to get better at it myself. I I still use my journal every day for, um, you know, keeping track of to dos and whatever else. But really, I think a journal is at its best when it it can be a a companion that is the best listener. You know, allowing yourself to sit down and without your phone and with no distractions, just unload every single thought you have. I think there's such a, uh, you know, such a reluctance of, of people to, to get into journaling because they, they want to keep up, you know, consistency or they want to make it look nicer. They feel like, you know, the, the bullet journal t- system is too hard to learn, but like really what a journal should be is just a place for thoughts. And if you can sit down every single day for seven days and set a timer for 10 minutes and just allow yourself to just free write like there's no it's just for you you're not sharing it with anybody that's another thing that stops people is like they think someone's going to read it they're only going to read it if you if you let them so just don't just keep it's for yourself you know so just journal every day uh for a week and and try to tell me that you don't feel a little bit more in tune with who you are you know i think it it reveals a lot you know not only your writing style but also just like the thoughts that you choose to write down it's crazy i i I've been journaling on and off for like 10 years. I, I have journals from high school that were like little mini journals that I would write in before I would go to sleep. And looking back at them now, I, I literally can't read them, not only because of the handwriting, but because the content is just like so, so cringeworthy. But you know, I, I was, it's, it's like a physical record of me processing growing up. And I think that's such an important thing to not only practice every day, but also to have and to look back like in 20 years, I can't wait to look back at this journal and be like, what an idiot this kid was, you know, (laughs) but I would say journal every day and then try to find a moment in your day every day to um, take 50 breaths. I, I did this thing at the beginning of the year, but counting your breaths and meditating is what I'm saying. But you know, by taking 50 breaths that's one inhale two exhale three inhale so that counting each individual breath just if you do that 50 times you'll physically feel better but also mentally you'll just feel much more clear and if you do that every day for a week you'll probably be a different person by the end of it so journaling and meditation i would say
0: oh dude i love it so much I, if i could retweet a <laughs> challenge i would retweet because those are great and yeah. helped me so much so thank you so much for your time man where can we send people to connect with you and a new podcast coming soon? Yes. Where's it out?
1: Yeah. Uh, podcast isn't out uh, at the time of recording this, uh, but it will be very soon, I hope. Uh, you can find me and contact me on Instagram. It's just Sean Ulochen, Uh one word, S E A N, and then my last name is O U L A S H I N. I'm on there 24 7, constantly, because I'm a, I'm a walking <laughs> contradiction. <laughs>
0: yeah. Let's throw this man a follow so that he can get his Instagram numbers up and hopefully be smiling a little bit more mentally. (laughs) Yeah, please. (laughs) Dude, thank you so much for taking the time. I, I appreciate what you're putting out into the world. And you really are a gem of a person and a gem of a creator. So please don't stop. And please keep that mind as safe of a place as possible over the coming weeks, months, and decades.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. And thanks for asking such good questions.